Do you think we have enough intro pre-pod banter to use in editing? Yeah, we missed the best stuff at the top, though, but whatever. What was the best stuff? Like the the tech and the headphones and shit. It's fine. That's not pre-pod fun. Okay. All right. Um, Kosager, let's do this. Here we are. Episode 10. Season finale. Season finale. Bittersweet, I guess. Maybe just sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it feels good. It feels good. All right. Are we ready? I feel like we're ready. Are we hype? Do the thing? Do the thing. Last time, do the thing. Last time. Last time? Last time. Do the thing. That's just some groovy dance moves. I've always wondered what you do when that music plays. Not Sagar, just you. Hey man, you gotta bring it. Just You got it. That's about what happens. Every time. Every time. Not much different. <laughs> All right, friends. Welcome to episode 10. The last episode of the season. Episode 10. Uh, this week, we have some special guests. We have guests, you heard that correct, two guests of the pod. First time. First time, only fitting for the last episode of the season. Our dear friends, the Dioras, aka Kariz and Rohan. Welcome. Hello. Hi. So fitting with the season of change, this episode is about moving. And we'll get into a few things um, about moving. All of us have had moves recently, some more recent than others. That was a Fitting topic, both guest-wise and subject-wise. Uh, but before we get into that, as we do with every pod, we'll start off with our drink of the pod and quick little anecdote. Zane, do you want to kick us off? I do. So um, today, what am I drinking? I don't think I brought this to the pod before, but you know how my memory is of a squirrel, zero out of 10, but Canada Dry, ginger ale. I had a six pack in my fridge. It's been a minute. It's been in here and I wasn't finishing it. Last can. I'm excited. Uh, Fun fact for the folks who are listening. It's June and in June, my employer has instituted an RTO return to office and I'm going in three days a week. It's not very fun, but it's good to see faces and all. But there's one thing I figured out about my new home in line with moving in Seattle. Food here, expensive. I have a bad habit of always eating out lunch. I'll say always, most of the time. But in Houston, when I worked at uh, my previous employer, there was food on campus, there's food options around work. Most of the time I could get away with food under 10 bucks. Now I've moved, more expensive market, plus inflation is happening. I cannot get away with lunch for like under 15 bucks. Yikes. And tipping culture here is strong. When those attendants flip the screen around at you and they're like, please, sir, click these buttons. Should I start meal prepping more? I don't know, but I'm pretty upset about the price of lunch in this city. <laughs> those tablets are my nemesis. I went to a place and the f- the bottom one was 25%. Ooh. Mama. The bottom option. Love it. And you know, I, I obviously had to hit that, but like I almost <laughs> thought about hitting the other button. I was like this close. But to start at 25, it really grinds my gears. Grinds it really does. the gears. For real. Yep. 
What kind of bougie places are you going to? Yeah, where are you going, Sagar? It was like a coffee shop or a pastry bakery or something. Like, mm. Oshaval? Is it Oshaval? <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> loyal, loyal listeners will get the joke. All right. But that's my story. Chris, what do you got for us? Um, I have LaCroix in a wine glass because everything's better with the stem. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For our listeners, Chris sent back our wine glasses in a restaurant for like a table of eight because the wine glasses were stemless. Wow. So we had to sit there while they like cleaned the glasses and brought us new ones. She's committed to this stem life. Committed to the cause. Dude, they were forging the glasses themselves that day. Mm. Yeah, it took a minute. It, it did took, take a minute. It took quite a while. You got a fun story for us? Yours wasn't really a story. It just sounded like a complaint. Hey now, hey now. Is this your first time listening to the pod, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I have many complaints. Yeah, hit week. it. Lay them on us. Lay them on us. Now that everyone and their mother, including Sagar, is done with their weddings. Shout out. Shout out. We're starting to plan ours. And like getting these vendor quotes back, it's just like ridiculous demands of like oh we only fly business class like excuse me we only stay in like xyz hotel like you stay where i tell you you're gonna stay yikes (laughs) motel six okay maybe not that but (laughs) making demands of oh we're gonna order room service because we don't want to eat whatever food's gonna be catered Mm. motel six domino's credit only (laughs) Dior's mom can just make some tepla and mutia, don't worry. It's done. Teplas for days. That's what they get. Doggy bag it. Teplas. I mean, that's probably my complaint for the week. Just like pe- vendors thinking they can do whatever they want. Not getting your name right. Like I've had a planner reached out and they literally spelled my name wrong. Like Karishma with an H and not Charisma. And I was like, are you even trying to win my business here? I feel like I made that mistake the first time I, saw, I met you, like, decade ago. I think I, I texted you Karish with an H, and I got some slack. I think this one was a little bit inexcusable. Her name was spelled correctly twice in the email. Not only twice in the email, but also in the subject line. In very big font. So Embarrassing. Tough business to be in. Should we at them for the listeners of the pod? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our audience of... One, two, three, five. Maybe Amin will listen to this. <laughs> we do have quite the following in like India for some reason. Those vendors do run deep. You never know. So, All right, doctor. Hit us. All right. So today I'm drinking a fan favorite. Some Diet Coke. We had some pizza for dinner. Nothing pairs better. <laughs> giving me life. I've been at the office the last few days, so I haven't had one of these in a while. So let's see. My story. So one of my coworkers... He's super big into wine, and I've known him for a few years now. And I've sort of gone through a course, if you will, of learning about wine and picking up what that means. So in my most recent trip to Napa, I probably went to level two, if you will. And since then, normally this guy would pick up the book of wine I call The List and take a look at it himself in order. But last night we went to dinner at a steakhouse and he looks across at me and he hands me the book and he's like, you get to pick now. Oh, wow. the torch has been passed. And I'm like, the, the torch has been passed, but I'm like, 
a little scared because mm. you go to a steakhouse, wait, these prices are out the wazoo. And I'm like, this isn't my money I'm spending. So I got to be mindful a little bit. Ooh. So then I like <clears throat> start giving different options. I give like one that's reasonable, one that's kind of okay, one that's definitely egregious. And they're like, go with the egregious option if you've tasted it. So they bought in and they not they bought not only bought one, but they bought two bottles. So my goodness. Yeah. This this be pricey. Guys, this was an almost five hundred dollar bottle of wine. They bought two of them. You are living the life. Living yeah. the life. All right. Uh give us the top two things that you look for in a bottle. So one is some something that Sagar and Charisma Copy appreciate. Mm. The first taste that you get in the bottle is very indicative of whether you're going to like it or not. Very short story. We went to a place, we had a like a pasta meal and the waiter pushed this bottle of wine on us and he told us it was funky. Funky. Yeah, funky was the way he described it. The first sip that he had, Sagar tastes it and he like makes this face, hands it to Charisma. She makes this face and just makes its way around the table. <laughs> the wine tasted like you were licking a rubber tire. It's mm, a good description. So if you have wine that tastes like that, or if it tastes weird, <laughs> don't drink it. I love it. Uh, and the second is, I don't know, um, different regions of wine in the country have different colors. Like a cab from Napa Valley or Sonoma or that area is very different than one from Texas. So color, hue makes a difference as well, depending what you're into. All right, Mr. Patel. Um, so my drink, because uh, I hate the heat, this is my go-to summer drink. It's an Arnold Palmer. It hits the spot for me 10 out of 10 times. Uh, extra ice, a little bit extra lemonade. You don't want it too sweet, but it's my drink of the day. Uh, <clears throat> for my little tidbit for the week, uh, I'm going to end the season with a little nerd fact because I feel like it's only fitting. Yes. Uh, a lot of my facts have been like economics related, housing markets, finance. That was a previous career. Um, but I always love coming across like different indicators or things you wouldn't think about initially that connect to the market. Yep. So this is the Costco shout out. Shout out. Please sponsor us, CFO, uh, during one of the investor transcript, like investor calls. <clears throat> so historically, we've always seen some like within fresh protein. We've always seen when there's a recession, whether it was 99, 2000, 09, 08, 9 or 10. Some sales penetration shift from beef to poultry and pork. We've seen some of that now. I think anecdotally heard a few months ago from our head of food and sundries buyer that we saw some switch even to some canned products like canned chicken and canned tuna. So, I mean, yes, gross, (laughs) but uh, interesting to see that Costco buyer trends have been strong indicators for recessions and we're seeing those indicators uh, come to fruition. No more beef. Mm. Or we just have an increase in gym rats who are eating tons and tons of canned tuna. They want the protein. True. They want the protein. Maybe a health thing. I don't know. I guess pork snottas. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Scary times. Always fun. Always these Costco calls. I think I had another fun fact from a Costco call too. Do you listen in to anyway. all the Costco investor day calls? I do. You nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought Sagar's fun fact was going to be about the Kava IPO. Oh, I actually have not followed that. Mm. All right, friends. Well, appreciate you sharing a little tidbit and your drinks. Let's uh, kick it off. So we're talking about moving. 
think inherent change in in life in style and a whole bunch of different things makes you really adjust a, a, every part of your life. So I think we'll start off either one of you, Dioras, feel free um, to give us context as well on your most recent move. But like walk us through the decision making process. Like what what led led you to move and leave me specifically? <laughs> Chris, you want to start? A dart on a map. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. That was true. No, I'm kidding. I think it was career driven uh, and I would say largely career driven without looking at kind of other facets of what our life would be like. So I think we were between New York and Chicago, both of us kind of being in consulting, just bigger offices made sense uh, as we move up within our respective firms. But I, I think at the end of the day, we wanted to buy a place and obviously New York real estate isn't cheap so Chicago was the winner and that's the only factor we took into consideration those are the only two factors we took into consideration do you anything to add there disagree agree no I mean it's the same factors my one of my mentors when I left for business school and I was coming back we talked a lot about if you were to come back you cannot go back to being based in Dallas and the reason was for the company that I was working at a lot of it comes down to office culture and one of the like office culture varies by office altogether. Some offices are much better. Um, New York, Chicago are two very big offices for us and they have great culture. Dallas is a big office as well. It's just Texas is kind of emblematic of a larger thing. Everything's really spread out. Sometimes it might be harder to get folks um, altogether and there's just different crowds. So with that in mind, it was the same reason sort of career-driven, something that in the short term would provide a lot of benefit. And then, I mean, in our business, it's you need to move around afterwards. So you're never like truly married down to one location. You can always yeah, jump around. Well, how long before the move happened did you guys commit to Chicago? Did you waffle a little or do you feel like you knew years in advance even before you started school like what was the timeline like did you yolo this like a week before what did this look like so i had to give an office preference in the summer before i got my return offer Mm. and i kind of knew between new york was in consideration chicago maybe atlanta if we throw a third city in and i think we were we just happened to be in chicago we were visiting um and the place that we live in now was happened happen open house for a model home mm. and the construction timeline lined up perfectly although it was delayed inevitably afterwards <laughs> uh that's another gripe but uh, yeah i think it was just like in in the cards in a way like everything lined up we weren't gonna we were gonna be able to move from austin to our new place fairly soon and so the investment made sense at the time people across all sorts of real estate markets were overpaying for their homes and we were buying at market rate which felt pretty good and it's new construction we like this neighborhood so i think a lot of it was probably real estate driven as well as like we wanted to buy a place and that's why it just like jumped out and it was very opportune for us until the interest rate yikes fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> i'm over here com- complaining yeah. about my seattle lunch your 15 dollar lunch they're laughing at you uh i think you guys have a little bit more to complain about <laughs> one of the things i thought was interesting about your move uh is and I, this may be something you guys discovered about each other early in your relationship 
but I feel like there was no hesitation that career came first. Like I, I the the real estate angle, fine. Like I'm not sure I buy that as much or think that it weighed as much. Like first and foremost, this was a career driven move for both of you. And wow. <laughs> was there ever a point in which you guys had to talk about that, or you guys are respectively so career driven that it was like second nature? Like, yeah, of course we're moving because we have to progress. I think it was the latter. I, I don't think we really talked about it. We we're like, yeah, we have to do this. Yeah, that doesn't go without having doubts along the way. Like, there were definitely points where we were probably like, mm. we're going to move to Chicago. We know, like, we know people that live in the city, but then. Like you're leaving all of your friends behind, like people you've grown really close with. Like, how do you replace that? What are you gaining? Mm. Like, there's some sort of cost benefit that also takes place there. So that's definitely part of it. But to answer your question simply, yeah, career was no- number one here. I think there was a point of acceleration that was coming from this move, and we saw a lot of benefit out of it. I probably have more hesitation now than I did before we did it. I I don't even think it's hesitation. I think it's like, oh, what if we were still in Austin? Or what if we were back in Dallas? Like, all of our friends are like, or a good chunk of our friends are in Texas. So I mean, obviously, these days or the last like, six months of the year, we've seen everyone pretty frequently with all the batch parties, weddings, wedding related things. I don't know. I don't know. We might feel it like a little more when we don't see our friends as often. Zaid, I think I think it's fair to say your moves were also career driven, but I'd say the angle's a little bit different than the Dioras. Yeah. Walk us through your moves and what decisions you had to come across. I have moved I think three times now. Um to Houston, to Beaumont, Rip. And then back to Houston. And <laughs> and most recently, I moved to Seattle uh, last summer. And yeah, I had finished up school and recruiting happened. And I think I had some calls to make about what I wanted from life in the short term. And maybe in contrast, uh, it's not like I was faced with the decision of picking between a couple of options about where I want to land because of a career, but I had to pick a career. Um, and then location was just secondary. So for me, it was switching industries, finding a new home, finding a new employer, figuring out what I like, and a city just came along with it. And Seattle just kind of fit the bill. And I think there was a lot of pros and cons with that, which maybe we'll cover later on. But a year later, um, I think hindsight, I probably would have made the same call, done the same thing all over again. Um, The only thing I would say is the reason I asked about timeline with Diora and Kariz is because they seemed pretty certain and they had this surety Whereas I was fighting location to the last day. Um, I was supposed to start last July, I think, is when I moved. And even the week before, I was flip-flopping with HR, trying to get them to adjust my offer so that I can be in Austin for a host of reasons, like friends, proximity to family, cost of living, blah, 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 what I wanted. And I begrudgingly got dragged to Seattle. And I love it now. 
don't get me wrong, uh, I feel very fortunate to have a social circle here and activities and I feel settled. But at the time, it was just a huge shock moving out of state. Um, call me a baby, but I wasn't really willing to do it at the time. But here we are. Can we just take a moment? Because everything revolves around me. I went from having having the Dioras, <laughs> almost having Zane, to having neither of you guys in a span of like three months. Well, you did have us for an extra few months when we yes. extended our impromptu extended our lease from July through October. <laughs> True. Shout out Republic Gable. Shout out developers in, in, in Chicago being slow. Yeah. <laughs> Love that for us. Sagar, what about you? Yeah, I mean, mine were my, my moves were pretty simple. I actually did the out-of-state move right out of college. I actually didn't have the apprehension. I, I don't know what, what your feeling is about out-of-state. I don't know if it was like mm. lazy apprehension, not being near family. I was ready to leave. Bye. Because I wanted that experience. To the desert. Yeah. From one desert to a different <laughs> desert. I've been in deserts my whole life. Um, Sagar, the Bedouin. Yeah, I I moved, I mean, definitely job first. I'm closer to the DRS in this aspect where like career was really driving a lot of my moves, but I knew first and foremost, I wanted to leave Texas. So I happened to find a, an employer who was not in Texas. It was a, a place I liked, a mission I could get behind, work I was pretty happy doing. So that move was pretty simple, but I was long distance once I moved out of state with Amin and... I think that was the the move that brought us back was obviously you can only do that for so long. Uh, two years seemed to be our cap. It was a lot of flying back and forth. So that decision was, I guess, more personal. And I mean, up and move. She quit her job, found a new one, like got an apartment. <laughs> so she's like, all right, your turn. So I didn't really have much say in the matter. Uh, but we had kind of we had decided that it was like a thing we had to do. So um, unfortunately, in that scenario, the job came second, not unfortunately, but the job came second. And it kind of, I mean, you guys have heard me complain about that. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean, I've, I feel like the move were more like matter of fact for me. I think we're at the point now where we're trying to make a move to make a move. And it's quite difficult. Like we, we were hoping there'd be some impetus. Like I started the new job end of last year. I thought there was like, Hey, you have to be in a certain big market. They, they didn't care. Mm. Sonia's kind of found some stability in her job. Uh, so we don't really have a reason to move, but I, I have that itch again. Um, so it's been interesting. I f I'm feeling like we're leaning towards status quo just cause yeah. there's a lot of friction with moving. Um, but you do have a reason to. What's that to undo your mistake? Oh, yeah, I said it. Oh. The Dioras for our listeners have been pitching in the hardest way to move to Chicago. <laughs> like, I've been wanting to move to Chicago for a while, but uh, I mean, it's not like the cold. Uh, <laughs> uh, deep Dish 2024? Maybe, maybe. Oshaval 2024? Yeah. Lavane 2024? Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> that's the hashtag. No, no, please. Three more. No, no, that's all I got. <laughs> um, Dioras, what was what was the hardest part about moving? Ooh. Maybe Diora, you tell me what was the hardest part about moving, and Chris, you tell me the easiest. Mm. The hardest part about moving is dealing with moving companies. This industry is so messed up 
everything is subcontracted. You deal with one person and they give the task off to another person who hands it off to three other people who hand it off to six other people. Wow. So by the time you get any of your stuff, you're not paying the person that you pay. You're like paying for <laughs> some shell company at that point, honestly. And no one's like responsible for anything. Anything breaks, the insurance on that stuff is never nice and never good. Cost you more in gas to go and pick something up again versus the value of the item. So honestly, my gripe is with moving companies. They are not fun to deal with at all. Mm. I broaden that to like the entire logistical operation of moving, like the packing, the shipping, the unpacking, all of that's just so terrible. Yeah. Chris, what was the easiest? Um, booking the flight. <laughs> did you book the flight though? That's why it was easy, dear. I did it. <laughs> oh my God. Full-time travel agent. This is a harder question than what you gave Diora. It's not fair. But I have the funnest part of moving. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Which was, like, the fact that we got to, like, design our place to be, like, what it is and have, like, a creative outlet to fuel or channel my energy into, um, I would say is probably the more fun part of the move. They've done well. Shade, shout out to Shay Diora, five stars. I don't know. Work in progress. Hotel Diora, good. Shay Diora is nice. Um, Zane, you can pick one or the other. What was the hardest part or what was the easiest part? Pick your Seattle move. Pick my Seattle move. This one's going to be difficult to describe, but it's going to be a gripe, so buckle in. Um... Corporate moves in particular have so many restrictions and nuances and details you need to pay attention to. Who's going to be paying for your storage unit? How long are they going to be paying it for? Where does it need to be? When do you need to book it? When do you need to vacate it? When do movers need to come? What kind of insurance coverage do you need for it? When are they going to arrive? Um, when they unpack and pack and load and unload, you have to do inventory checklists. You also need to report any damages you have. And all of these things require time and energy. And you may think, you may think that this shit is easy, but I would like you to know that even after I had moved out of Houston, how long do you think I held on to my storage unit? Because I had to go and unlock the lock off my unit. Otherwise, they wouldn't stop billing me. How many months? So you had to keep your storage unit for what reason? You had stuff in there? So I'm in Seattle. Uh, at the time in Houston, they're doing the pickup. I'm not there. My folks are there. They're stewarding the pickup. Mm -hmm. Uh I have to go down to sign paperwork and remove the locks and do everything because it's in my name to get rid of the unit. How long does it take for me to actually do that and stop getting billed? Three months. It's about right. We won't say the exact number, but let's just say it's three months for the sake of saying <laughs> oh, no. on the pod. <laughs> Zane got that new job money. He's ready to blow. It's like... It's like that screen time comment I was not going to unveil on a previous episode. I will not tell you how long I held on to that storage unit after I was done with it. So there was an empty storage unit in your name. Yup. In Houston. Yes, sir. And the only thing stopping you from paying that was you signing a piece of paper? Going down there, getting rid of the lock, signing the paper, showing them my ID. Rip. 
Man, sounds like an opportunity for cost reduction for your employer. <laughs> so yeah, uh, life is hard. I got to say, that sounds like a Zane problem because my corporate move was a breeze. I literally just said, I want to move this day and I want my things to be here this day. And then they did everything else. They like packed my house, my bike, my car, they shipped everything and it showed up on time undamaged like yeah we did the inventory thing but those are just like adult things you're complaining about life is hard life is hard ridiculous okay (laughs) um so any of you three did any of you feel uncomfortable during or after or do you still feel uncomfortable about your move yeah it might have been uncomfortable when we moved we moved from like 800 square feet to a three-bedroom condo so we had none of our stuff when we moved in I'm talking about sleeping on an air mattress for like two weeks and the air mattress at some point is like, screw it. I'm not going to give you life anymore. And it would deflate overnight. So in the middle of the night, you start sinking towards the ground. (laughs) That was just like the general indication of how like life was going because we didn't have any of our stuff, no furniture whatsoever, like sitting on the ground, (laughs) just light and internet. That's all we had. Yeah, that's, that was like the first couple of weeks. Just Dior and Kariz like sinking to the center of their bed slowly to the ground overnight. I love it. That was accurate. Fair. Zane, did you feel uncomfortable? I feel like you're still uncomfortable. I think you fall in love with like finding all the new, like oh, new poke restaurants, new parks to go to, new hikes to go on, new activities, spending time with these new friends and all that. But finding your rhythm and finding your routine in a new place is is very hard. Um, like figuring out, you know, your new gym, your new lunch spots, your, uh, you know, like new people you're going to see after work, your new commute, are you dealing with the bus, blah, 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 everything. It It's uncomfy. It's uncomfy finding your new rhythm. It takes time, but eventually it's fine. It's just that whole process of settling in. Uh, it's uncomfortable. There's a lot of uncertainty there. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of second thoughts. Was this the right decision? Um, you psych yourself out. I think it's natural. Um, outwardly, of course, everyone falls in love with it, but at some point it's uncomfortable. I'll play devil's advocate though. I'd say like you fell in love with the new, like, I think humans inherently are averse to change. So sure. Like the new could be scary for many people, if not most people. Mm. I I was just thinking about like, what, what did I do to navigate that uncomfortable, like that uncomfortable feeling? And I think for me, there was Uh-oh. something that like grounded me during my moves. Like I had something consistent. So like I'm I'm projecting onto you, Zane, but I imagine like gym routine was pretty grounding for you because that's kind of the same regardless of the gym you go to, maybe like new machine, new locations. But yeah, for me, it was my- yeah. Staying with LA yeah. Fitness. Primo. Primo. Like for me, it's my TV. <laughs> like I could be anywhere, but like I know my janky TV post-college, like if I see that, I feel good. Like it's it's my place. Oh. Um, I feel like the Dior is, I mean, you must have something where like, I know you have a lot of new stuff because you have to furnish like triple the house, but Mm. do you have anything that grounded you throughout the move where you're like, okay, this is comfort in this world of uncomfort? 
probably our couch. Yes. Couch important. Getting used to how your butt sinks into it. Very important. Yeah. Second to that, second to that, how your butt sinks into your couch, the feel of your toilet. Let's just be real. It doesn't feel like home if you're not comfortable on the throne. That takes time. It takes energy. Why? Why? <laughs> Wait, did you just kind of rhyme? Did I? Oh, I don't know. But... He did a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't feel like home unless you're on comfort on the throne. That's pretty good. Just call me Jay-Z. Just call me Jay-Z. That's pretty yeah. good. It's, it's game. That's it. You peaked. <laughs> I think our guest bedroom has all of our Austin stuff. So sometimes if you walk in, it feels mm. like you just walked into our old apartment. Yeah. So yeah, that room feels like home for me. Also your flatware. It's so weird, but you're like gold fork, <laughs> spoon, knife, and your blue plates. I'm like, ah, I'm at the door. This is home. <laughs> The espresso machine? Does that feel like home? <laughs> After it showed up, yeah. Uh, eh. Eh. Nothing, nothing does it like the gold flatware. The hand wash only. The hand wash only. All of us at the sink. Hand wash only. Yeah. Many a days. So uh, we kind of alluded to this earlier in the pod um, because the Dior has abandoned me. Mm. Talk us through how your social circle changed. Like, mm. how did you approach friendships in your in your move because i know zane had a kind of had a crew in seattle so i think it was maybe a little bit more comfortable you guys had families and friends like walk us through what that change has felt like over the last six months to a year well the last six months we've had a lot of friend interactions so i guess we haven't necessarily had to branch out and make friends just yet because we've convinced people to come visit us or there's something going on in some other part of the country. I guess we haven't really like experienced the friends piece as harshly as we probably will in the next probably few months. Um, I think with that said, I think work's been pretty good to like make some friends. There been a few folks mm. on my team that I used to work with like remotely before and they're based out of Chicago so it's been nice to like get them get to know them a little bit more now that we're in person and you know we're in Chicago I mean outside of that I, I know we know people through like some of our other friends we just haven't gotten around to like scheduling these friend dates I feel like it's just so hard to like I don't know. It feels like it's an effort like that you have to put in versus like, I don't know, reaching out to like mm. Zane or Saga or Sonia. Like, it's just like, oh, we're going to hang out and I can text you like yeah. 30 minutes before that I'm going to come over and we're there. But yeah. I feel like you have to put more effort into making friends. Mm. And I think that's the draining part of like the whole thing. It's work. Yeah, I've had two contrasting experiences. When I went to Beaumont, uh the only friends i had were work friends and it was very weird because it's such a small town like i think the only type of you know i say this in a nice way like-minded individuals you're gonna find are the people you do work with and the fact that it wasn't that far from houston you could still go on weekends and meet your old friends um in seattle i feel super fortunate that i just know a lot of people here i've got undergrad friends, quite a few of them. And then I have some MBA folks that moved up here with me and we've all been really friendly and 
frankly, even the friends of the friends that I have here are welcoming and I've gotten close with some of them, which is nice. Um, but I will say one thing that's odd about Seattle is I don't think people have work friends here. Um, maybe it's because I joined during work from home COVID times and now we're doing RTO and people are finally getting FaceTime or it's the, you know, the workplace itself and people aren't interested in socializing, but we don't do happy hours. We don't socialize. You don't find people who want to go do things. There's not a lot of new hire activities, at least for graduate student hires. Um, finding work friends. I know Charisma was talking about that's something she's looking forward to. I have struggled. I can't do that at all here. I had a better shot of making friends in Trader Joe's than I did in the workplace. I swear to God. Someone saw me with an Austin t-shirt and he was just talking to me for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, bro, I just want to get my 96% beef and get out of here. Stop. But he wanted to talk about Texas for days. And uh, yeah, so it's been different. Um, Do you still talk to him? No, but I see him in the gym all the time and we chat in the gym. So it's cool. The gym is right on top of Trader Joe's. So we we chatted up in Whoa, there. That's a dangerous combo. I was going to say, how are those two connected? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what everyone workout. does. They go work out. They go downstairs. They get some food. So I see him all the time and I give him the head nod. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll piggyback off of Carissa's answer. So we've seen our friends across the country multiple times this year really has negated the impact of trying to make new friends in the city. And we have new friends here, but connecting with them and like reinforcing that friendship has been harder since we've been traveling quite a bit. I think the other mm -hmm. part is like a compare and contrast. Obviously we, we left some really good friends in, in Austin who we grew even closer with in our couple years there. Father, we're not talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's Sahil. It's just Sahil. It's Sahil. Just Sahil times three. There's three of them. I will kill you guys. And so, yeah. I was in business school, obviously. And so, fortunately, I had a huge network of people that I just also met during school who all happened to live in Austin, who all wanted to be friends because mm. new, new setting for a lot of people who weren't from the state or from Austin. So, I mean, leaving all of that behind, it's, it was a Oof. pretty big reality check in the first few months that we moved here in the times that we actually lived in Chicago and we didn't travel everywhere across the, the country, the end of 22. Um, so I think that part has been hard, but uh, looking forward to it. We'll see how many more friendships we can stick out and make and actually cement a little bit further now that we're here. I think there was a, there was something really nice Dira, to your point about, like when I got my first job out of undergrad and I moved, a lot of other people also moved for the job. And so you instantly have that like I'm new here connection. Whereas moving like back to Austin as an adult, as an experienced hire, there was no like my my onboarding at work was with like a 55 year old IT specialist. Like we were not going to be best friends. And <laughs> we sat in like a conference room all day together. And I, I don't even remember his name, but like at that point it's work that kind of drives what friends you had. And I was fortunate to have some cool people to work with, but now working remote, not going into the office, like the idea of making a new friend is like exhausting. I, I don't even know where I would start, like having to plan mm. 
And then like, I'll, I'll say it from myself. I'm like more picky now. Like I'm pretty content <laughs> being at my, like on my couch in my house. Oh my right. Like that's the bar and that bar is pretty high. So like, no offense. And I, I know I'm this to other people. Like if, if we don't connect or gel, like I'm not interested in trying to work hard to like force something that just isn't there. Okay. Like I would have like in college. Yeah. Honestly, call me a boomer, but I love my couch. And it sounds like all three of you do too. The couch couch. do be nice. It do be. It do be. It's nice. I just think that the bar is higher. It's harder to do it, like harder to coordinate, harder to find places. I'm not like dying to go out to the club every day now. Like that's where you used to meet people in college. Like we're not, we're not trying to do that as much now. So Mm. it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I think we also formative memories together like we've we've been through ups and downs like i i'd say this a lot at work to like our juniors team members but when you're in the trenches like we remember the stuff in the trenches more than we do the the wins or coming out of the trenches and making it a win and so like we've been there for each other's lows and highs and so it's easier to build upon that and say Sagar moved to Austin and I moved to Austin and we were close before, but maybe we were a little distant and now we're even closer because we had that formative time. But for other people, now that you meet them for the first time, like you didn't have that time period before with a lot of history where you can build upon it. So you kind of miss that Kickstarter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They've been through their trenches yeah and we're just more settled now like i feel like there's a little bit less deviation yeah. in like life changes yeah i feel like that... i amounted to what you look for in dating where it's like the person you're meeting should make you net positive happier right and if you can be happier on your own or on your couch or without those people as friends <clears throat> drop them <laughs> <laughs> drop it like it's hot <laughs> Ah, uh, that's funny. <clears throat> so, um, Chris, what do you wish you had known about Chicago before you moved? How good Lavane is? When you say Lavane, you're talking about the cookie place, right? Yes, sir. It's not from Chicago. Yeah, it's not from Chicago. I don't Levain. care. They don't have Lavane <laughs> in Seattle. They don't have Lavane in Texas. Chicago has Lavane. Okay. You know, it just opened, like, after we moved. Well, I had it when I visited, and I loved it. Can you please freeze me some? I'll be over soon. Go ahead. I'm going to say crime, probably. Ooh! That's, that's dark! Yeah, Damn. I was, like, trying to, like, find something positive. <laughs> some, like, weather thing. But honestly, the weather doesn't bother me, like, at all. Mm. Uh, it's not bad. Like, if you have the right gear, like fully prepared but to be fair we've been here for one winter and it was a fairly mild one so we'll see how this one goes next one goes hmm. um I, I but i think i'm gonna say the crime um so obviously like we see stuff in the news here and there but like these like neighborhood apps are like wild mm, like next door yeah like all of them like next door and like the, i think there's like a couple of others but like the stuff you see on there I was just like, is this really happening in West Loop? Like, what? <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that as much, but like in our, like, like in our building WhatsApp group, for example, last week, 
someone was literally carjacked at the gas station that's right next to us. Oh my God. Whoa. And our building was oh. graffitied over. Wow. <laughs> when you say carjacked, like they literally were like held up and their car was stolen? Yes. Whoa. Yes. That's actually a real fear of mine. Like literally right next to us. New fear unlocked. I hate filling up my gas New in like unlocked. weird places. I don't feel safe sometimes. Yeah. Same. I've never valued filling up gas in Plano more in my life. Very bright. Many cameras. Mostly Indian people. It's good. It's good in Plano. It's good. It's predictable. Uh, Zane, what about Seattle do you wish you had known? Mine is probably going to be something, once again, that you're going to think Zane's an idiot. How did he not think about this? But Seattle, West Coast. Texas, Central. New York, anything else? East Coast, yes. If you want to go travel to any place in this country outside of the West Coast, you're traveling backwards in time. And the most efficient way to do that is to take the red eyes. Because if you don't, you're essentially losing a whole day in time. So like if I decide to leave here from noon, five-hour flight, to Houston, that's 7 p.m. You just lost the whole day. day For our off. listeners, the yeah, most efficient tell us, way. Tell us your flight path. The most, the most efficient way is to take the red eye and leave around midnight, pop some pills, go to sleep, wake up around 6 a.m. the next day, and hate yourself and work remotely. It sucks. And as much as I love everything about Seattle, like I'm not going to tell you all the hype, but just traveling anywhere or going home anywhere for any reason is annoying and i'm getting old i know it's the running joke that we talk about how old we are on pods but i just can't do red eyes uh, it sucks remember when you rolled in at like 6 30 in the morning when you came to chicago we've, we've talked about this already on the pod on a previous episode sands bag sands yeah. bag <laughs> uh, aside from the bag piece i oh. Zane was like, I'm, I'm close by. He had come on the train. And I, Zane's like, mm. oh, I forgot something. I'm going to run to Target. So I'm looking outside my balcony. And I see this <laughs> little brown boy with his backpack walking across, <laughs> going to Target. It's like 6 a.m. at this point. And I was like, yeah. there's this guy. West Coast. <laughs> only takes red eyes now. Need caffeine. Need caffeine, yeah. Uh, Do you have anything... My my gripe about Chicago and wish something I wish I had known is that I wish someone had given me the foresight to know that they were going to do a massive construction project on the freeway that goes to the airport. Guys, let me Oof. tell you this. This is if if I did Zane style and I said a gripe every time we <laughs> you did the pod, this would be my gripe. The route from our place to O'Hare is eighteen miles. When there is no traffic, it takes twenty to twenty five minutes. And when we moved here, it would take you like with traffic about 45 minutes to an hour. They started doing this construction on the freeway. If you leave between the hours of 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., it will take you anywhere between 40 minutes to two hours to get to the airport. And it is massively unpredictable. Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. That's terrifying. So when people are like, we've been flying back to Texas pretty frequently for all of our friends' weddings and we keep doing the same flight, 8.30 p.m., 9 p.m. departure because that's when traffic finally dies down. Otherwise, I have to leave work at like two o'clock to make it to like 
a 5 p.m. flight, which is ridiculous. Yikes. That's crazy. Yeah. Quite different than our 12-minute commute yeah. to the airport in Austin, where we could swing 6.30 a.m. flights by leaving at 6 a.m. Roll out of bed. Crazy. All right, Sagar, give it to us. You know, I... <laughs> I, I feel like I went to we went to undergrad here, so there's not much that was like left to be surprised, I guess. I wish that mm. like if there was something I could have known is how quickly and drastically Austin real estate would have exploded. Like I would have definitely stretched myself early to buy a place just to have some mm. like security in place. But honestly, Austin's kind of what you expect it to be. I think it's becoming a little bit more, a little bit more like East Coast from a price-wise perspective, which I don't love. Uh, but that could be a whole mm. other pod. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I think like, I think everyone reads on the news like Austin was one of the hottest markets during the COVID rise, and it's still like very slowly dropping back down. So uh, yeah, I mean, growth kind of comes out of nowhere. I wish I had known that you know Austin was kind of set to explode because even like three years, four years ago very affordable and like reasonable housing was possible, like no longer the case. Mm. Um, all right, we'll wrap up with some quick ones now um, before we jump into our philosophical, Ooh-hoo-hoo. mainly because I know the Dior's answers, but what do you miss the most about where you came from? Rapid fire. Tacos. Nice. It's refreshing to know that tacos are actually like prime here. I, I can I concur. I don't know, Zane, you have a different perspective, maybe, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Seattle tacos <laughs> don't slap. Yeah. Made. Diora? Uh yeah. Tacos phenomenal. You can't beat them. There's nothing here that competes. And I say Chicago Mexican food's pretty underrated and it's pretty good, but it's not like Texas. I have we have a hankering for chewies probably once every two weeks. <laughs> This is wild. I'm not going to even wait for Sagar to ask me, but even before Chris answered, my answer was tacos. Whoa. No way. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I'll give another answer. But when Dior also said Tex-Mex, I'm like, who am I to lie? My answer was tacos. Dang. <laughs> tacos be like that, huh? I guess I don't. Dude, tacos blast. be like We've all that, all been in Texas man. for such a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd say, like, mine can be a quick answer because – Phoenix is so big. It's very organized. Uh, shout out to our urban planning episode that'll drop soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, what? very grid-like. Many highways. <laughs> there was like little to no traffic. It was like quite awesome how no traffic, how how little traffic there was. Uh, mm. I really do hate traffic, so that was really nice. Um, so putting you on the spot, not saying you're going to move. Uh, and you guys have to give different answers, Diorez. Where are you going to move next? First mover advantage. First mover advantage, yeah. <laughs> Where are you moving? Yeah, my answer is wherever my the most friends are. Just do a little heat map of my friends in the country. I'm just going to go to the, the deepest red. That's probably going to be a factor next time. It, it will be a, a significant factor. <laughs> Absent of that, let's say everyone's evenly distributed across the country. I don't know. I think the West Coast is nice. Uh, I'm a SoCal guy. I, I don't like San Francisco as much. I, I don't mind visiting. I just don't see myself living there. So mm-hmm. I'd probably say LA. Chris? I can't have the same answer. No. No. Okay, I'm going to say New York. Yeah. 
not surprised. (laughs) I will give an odd answer, and I'm going to get a lot of hate from people unnamed because they're going to judge me for this answer. (laughs) But uh, I went to Portland recently, and I really liked it. Portland was cool. Also, shout out, no sales tax, kind of cool. And Portland just felt like a city that's ready. It's ready to explode. I think people are waking up to how beautiful the PNW is. I mean, you know, just pointing fingers at myself, I had no idea until I moved here how gorgeous it is. And there's a lot to do around in Oregon. Um, And Portland just felt like it hasn't exploded and it has a lot of potential and it might be fun to get in early. So I know I'll probably be boring and end up in Texas again, but where would I like to slash maybe see myself slash could go? Let's go one state south, Oregon. It's a good answer. I like the Pacific Northwest. I think it's very beautiful. I just, it's mm. rainy in Seattle. Come, come. Still catching those red eyes things? Uh, Portland? Rip. Just go to Japan or something. Like, make yourself feel good about being on the West Coast. Get like one good flight every five. Just yeah. feel good about it. Yeah. Um, my answer is similar to Dior's, but I actually um, have been going to California a lot as well over the last like year and change. Mm-hmm. I really like Northern California. The like the landscape of mountains hitting the water is just like so it's like breathtaking for me. Like we were at Carmel by the sea mm. last year, actually, right when you were there, yes, Zane, sir, right? your sister got proposed weekend. to. <laughs> that was so weird. We just booked a random weekend to go out there and Zane happened to be yeah. there as well. I don't think we met up. No, though, but Pokedex showed us very close though. Yeah. Yeah. Do our Pokemon dust. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but it was, it's beautiful. I would like, I'd go there in a heartbeat if the state wasn't so poorly run and it wasn't so expensive. Mm. Um, conversely, What's one city you would never move to? We're going to put you on the hot seat here. No no real offense to our listeners if you're from one of these cities, but maybe some offense. I don't know. Rapid fire? No Rapid fire, go. Name the city? Yeah. NOLA. That's a good one. Diora? Probably New Mexico, like Albuquerque, Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> Sohail is offended to his core. <laughs> Chris? SF. Okay. Oh, wow. Sagar? Mine's like, mine's like Huntsville, something in like oh Alabama. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll stay out of that area. Roll Tide. Just take that whole belt, why don't <laughs> yeah. you? Um, cool, cool, cool. So hit us with our philosophical question. It's super light, super quick. Probably a few weeks removed now, but the Denver Nuggets were just crowned NBA champions. Shout out to Jokic, my spirit animal. So it got me thinking though, because there are a lot of posts about um, the players and their like success now being a champion, and I'll I'll broaden this out so that it's not too sporty. So, Chris, you can relate to it as well. <laughs> and I'll try to phrase it generically, and I think you guys will get the gist of what I'm asking. Would you rather be like the B cast, like the second tier cast on a winning team or a show, like a B actor, or the lead role or top dog in a B team, like a second tier show, second tier team. Yeah, let's get the juxtaposition, like an okay actor on a really good show, not as important, less lines or lead role, but man, you got the 9 p.m. slot on local local channels, but you are the lead. Which would you rather be and why? So are you Damien 
or are you you don't as Haslam? <laughs> should I go first? I have my answer because I've thought about this. Yeah, yeah, you should go first. You always go last. I decided because my mind went straight to sports, I'd rather be the B cast on a good team, on a winning team. Like, call me DeAndre Jordan. I'll take the NBA championship for paying, playing 20 minutes this season because I feel like the exposure is great. You're around greatness, lends to more opportunities, generally more money. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would take the chance to be around something really great, even if I'm not the shining star. I think <clears throat> I'm going to equate this back to moving and our cities we lived in, but I considered myself the king of Beaumont <laughs> and, and why would I ever trade that? So I'm except you did lead. trade it. You did trade it. <laughs> so I'm going with the lead on the B team. You want that? You want that big fish and small pond life, huh? That's right. That's right. Seattle too big for me. We're out. I think I'd go <laughs> lead on the big B team as well. I think there's something about mm. individual contribution that I really value, and like diligence showing what you're made of. And at some point along the way, who knows when your big break is? Whether it's moving from Beaumont onwards to bigger and be- better things like Zan did. <laughs> yeah. It's my break. It's my break. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think that's the move. I like it. What do you think, Chris? Not to sound like, yeah, not to sound like Zane and Dira, but I would also take the lead on a B mm. team, but to make the B team an A team. You're bending the rules. That was not the question, ma'am. If you want the A team, you got to be the B cast. B team for life. B team for life. It's B team for life. But I'm the lead. So then I think your answer is you want to be on no. the A team. I think so. I would be the lead. You can't have both. It's my question. The B team. And but the she B wants team. to be the A team. I want to have the opportunity to make the B team the A team. I don't want to just be handed the A team. Charisma's hashtag transformation. <laughs> Ops transformation. Oh my God. <laughs> Shout out. I can't say I'm I'm surprised by any of these answers. <laughs> Could have written them myself. It's like you know us. Yeah, it's like I've hung around you guys for a second or two. All right, friends. Well, thanks so much for hopping on, for concluding our season. Listeners, thank you for sticking with us for all of these episodes. We hope you were tickled. You were... I like tickled. No, tickled is not the right word. <laughs> you don't like tickled? We tried to make people laugh. It's a metaphorical tickle. It sounds aggressive. <laughs> Don't know why you stuck around, but okay. <laughs> we hope we, we provoked some thoughts. We tickled you a little bit. You laughed. Maybe you cried when Zane spoke. You felt your age. Yeah, you felt your age. Got some new drink ideas. All right, Zane. Last time? Last time. <laughs> You're not going to play the outro. You can just add it in. No, no. You added in post. We don't need to. Okay. Do you want to? You want to listen to the music? Is it going to make you feel happy? Sure. I think we should. One last time. Let's just close it out. You may do it. Here's the thing.